Hi guys, I'm Marie. And I'm Maddie. And we are here recording Lost in the Woods. Welcome back. Welcome back for this week's episode. Yes. And I hope you guys enjoyed our little mini update on Diatlov Pass. Um, I think we released it on Friday or Saturday. I'm not 100% sure, but go and check that out if you haven't listened to it. It's about the National Geographic article that came out on Diatlov Pass, because after 60-some years, they decided to try to solve the case the same week that we did. Thanks to Frozen. Yeah. So go check that out. Hopefully, everybody's having a good week. Our week is going much better this week. Thank you to everybody who checked in on us and made sure that we were doing okay. It's greatly appreciated. We're doing great. We're doing fine. Yeah. So thank you to everyone who's reviewed us. Yes. You guys, we love when we get reviews, most of them anyway, but we kind of took a break from reading them for a while because- We got some mean ones. We got our feelings hurt a little bit. So thank you for everyone who has left us good reviews. If you haven't done that yet, go leave us good reviews. I think you can only do it on Apple or like on podcast platforms. I know you can't do it on Spotify, um, but there are certain ones that you can do it on. If you can find a way, leave us a review. But we got one this week. So it says, I have to admit, the first few episodes, I was skeptical. I didn't start from the beginning, so I didn't realize it was a mother-daughter duo versus a put-together roommate and a hot mess roommate. (laughs) Once I understood their relationship, the banter became funny and the cases that were intriguing. Yeah. <laughs> Wonder which one she's talking about. Wonder which one I am. So I think it's funny because we we don't mention in every episode that we're a mother and daughter. It does say it like in our description of but our who podcast. That? But like, yeah. yeah. So if you're just tuning in, Marie is the mom. Uh, and I'm the not put together roommate. <laughs> Maddie's the hot mess roommate. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully I'm not the hot mess. I don't know. No, it's definitely not you. It's definitely me. <laughs> it's 100% me. There's no way you could look at me and be like, no, you're the put together one. <laughs> Although you're more put together than like all of your friends. Which is what I really just don't understand. Yeah. Is that I'm like the most put together person that I encounter that's my age. Yeah, it's funny. Okay, so today we are going back to Joshua Tree National Park, and we are not trying to pick on you, but we have a listener recommendation this week from Amy Vandalin. I think that's how you say it. Hopefully that's right. Just say it with confidence. Yeah. I don't know. And this is the case of Erica Lloyd. Let's go ahead and get into it. Yeah. Okay, so Erica lived in Walnut Creek, California. Her hair salon was called Bloom Salon, and it had been closed down due to the pandemic. She was a single mom, and she was struggling with her business, and everything had just been getting to her, so she decided to go on a pandemic road trip to take her mind off of things. Yeah, which I think a road trip is probably something that a lot of people have done during this pandemic, right? The stress, the anxiety, the being trapped. She owns her own business, so she's probably financially struggling. She's a single mom, which means she's probably homeschooling with Zoom, which we all love. So yeah, I don't think that that's too crazy that she's decided to go on a road trip. However, what is strange is that she did deactivate her Facebook before leaving. Which I mean, 
maybe she's trying to unplug. Like a lot of people said that she, all the pressure was just getting to her and she has a really big presence on social media. So maybe she's just trying to, I don't know. But she didn't deactivate her Instagram or delete her Instagram, only her Facebook. Okay, so Erica had allegedly mentioned going to Big Sur, which is about two and a half hours away from her house. But she ended up in Joshua Tree National Park, which is over seven hours away. Yeah. And there's no actual indication that she ever planned on going there. So it's very, it's a little strange. It's a little strange. Yeah. What's even stranger though, from June 11th to the 13th, Erica is camping at Jumbo Rocks Campground in Joshua Tree National Park. On June 13th, she's back in Walnut Creek, which remember is over a seven hour drive. She spends some time with her son and drops him off at 4 a.m. the next day with her ex before heading back out again. So on June 14, Erica heads back to Joshua Tree National Park. Seven plus hours to get home for one day. Seven plus hours to go back. Weird. Very weird. She told her roommate that she was meeting people there and that they were holding her sight. And she mentioned the names James and Christian. Also to remember in this, Erica is not an experienced camper and is driving over seven hours to camp. When there are many more campsites closer to where she lives. Right, which to me indicates that she did intend on meeting specific people. Because from everything that I've read, there's a lot of campsites that are a lot closer to her that are even better than this particular campsite. Okay. On June 14, Erica calls her mom. She is talking fast and sounds like she is driving. And this would be the last phone call that anybody would get from her, which some of that could be reception is really spotty in Joshua Tree National Park. Okay. She notes in her journal, James and Christian are not there. These are the two that are supposed to be holding her campsite for her. So when she gets back to her campsite, they're not there, which is weird. Police and family were also unable to find any evidence of these two people on her phone. So to me, that indicates that maybe she's communicating through some sort of other app with them, communicating maybe through Instagram or the WhatsApp app, because we know WhatsApp does not share information with family, police, or anyone mm -hmm. about their app, or that she simply met them there. Like maybe they were camping next to her. She's like, I've got to go home for a day for some strange reason. They agree to hold her campsite. Weird. Super weird. On June 15th, she texts her son saying, Mommy, sorry for scaring you. I will be home soon. I don't like that. On June 16th, a note is left on Erica's damaged car by a ranger at Jumbo Rock Campground. The back window and front windshield were broken. Right, so basically this ranger notes this car that has damage. He puts a note on it, probably like a warning, like this car needs to be moved or some sort of, he puts some sort of note on it. Mm -hmm. When they checked back, the car is gone. They did not find a campsite or equipment suggesting whether or not she actually camped in the site at the time. Although later we learn that she did have belongings at a campsite but it was quite a distance from where her car with the broken windows was parked. So my guess is that when she left and then came back, the spots near her campsite were taken up. 
and she had to park further away from it. So when police found the car, they looked around for who it might belong to, like a campsite nearby, but there was nothing. Mm -hmm. So they assumed it was just an abandoned car, maybe a broken down car. Weird. But they did later find her tent and her belongings at a campsite in Jumbo Rock. So on the 16th, when they go back to check and see if the car is there, so that night, the car is gone. So we know that the car leaves on the 16th because it's caught on camera at 2.40, leaving the north entrance. Which is on 29 Palm. And they have a camera there, so that's how we know that. All right, so 10 minutes later, it's filmed passing a school. However, it's not able to be determined whether or not Erica is the one driving the car. This is about three miles from where the car would be found later that day. And remember, you guys, this car is damaged. There's a giant hole in the windshield at this point while somebody's driving it down the road. So we may not know at this point whether or not Erica's driving the car, but we do know that she drove the car into the park because we have her on camera driving the car into the park. Because some people go off on the, maybe she actually went to Big Sur where she had originally planned to go and never left there and somebody else drove the car to Joshua Tree National Park. But we know it was her driving the car. One of her relatives actually confirmed that they had her on camera entering the park. And that same relative also confirmed that her journal was among her belongings found with her tent. A tow truck is called at 7 p.m. because her car is blocking the roadway and stuck in the sand. It is said that it was initially reported closer to 4 p.m., but by 7 is when they get the tow truck out there. There is no evidence of an accident on the highway. However, her car has very obviously hit something, right? Her front bumper is very damaged. The undercarriage of her car is damaged. There's significant damage to the radiator and the AC unit at the front of the car. Also, her airbag had deployed, which is very concerning. And we already know that the windshields are broken. There are a lot of items in the car indicating that if somebody did intentionally break the windows to burglarize the car, they didn't take anything. There's like money. There's like change in the the change dish, there's a bunch of personal items. The trunk is full of stuff. It's very strange. There's also a stroller in the trunk, which I at first thought was odd, but apparently it's actually a pet stroller because she liked to walk her pet rabbits in the stroller. I'd walk my cat in a stroller. If she'd let you. If she would let me, yes. There is also a laundry basket in the trunk, and there's a bunch of non-camping supplies. So the car has a lot of stuff in it, but it's not her camping stuff. So based on the condition of her trunk and how full it is, I would say that she would have had to have put her camping stuff in her backseat, which is kind of strange. But I guess some people don't clean out their cars. I mean, I don't know. It's still unclear whether or not she camped at the campground by herself or with other people. It was indicated somewhere that there was a Yeti cooler found at her campsite that none of her friends or family could identify as hers. But she could have stopped and bought that on her way there. I mean, I mean, who knows? Yeah. Okay, so on June 17th, her family reported her missing. It's quite a few days. So the 14th was the last time her mom talked to her, but I'm guessing that she was supposed to 
either have been heading back or they were concerned because they hadn't heard from yeah. her. Her mother said that she seemed fine prior to her trip. She had just been stressed trying to homeschool her son and having no income. Yeah. And when she did report Erica missing, police realized that the day before they had towed Erica's car. So now they're like, oh, shit. Yeah. The San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department dispatched a helicopter to scour the area and park rangers had been scouring within the park. So immediately they have search. Not huge search teams though. So a lot of people talk about how they're not even looking for her because they don't have like these giant SAR teams out there, search and rescue, but they do immediately send people to look for her. Yeah, like they got a helicopter out right away. Like, Mm -hmm. When I don't know at what point they got the helicopter out, but I know within a reasonable time they had a helicopter up and they had park rangers searching right away. Sheriff deputies and canines searched the entrance of the park and the perimeter around it and along Highway 62, and they found nothing. Investigators had been unable to find anyone who had planned on meeting her. So this, what was it, John? No. James. James and and Christian. Christian. Nothing. Which I'm not surprised that they're not at the campsite. We already know that they weren't there when she got back. So, I mean. Who knows? So three days later, there was a sighting of her at a rest stop not far from the park. Right. And... Uh, we know yeah. how this goes. We know how sightings go. And it was somebody who said that he came home, he saw the report on the news, and remembered that he had seen her at a rest shop. I think that my favorite thing to have to do with sightings is when it's children, and then there's children that look so similar to the people mm-hmm. that go missing. Or are wearing the same colored shirt, or happen to also have a bald head, or... I mean... Something like that, and then they do like DNA testing to make sure that it's... Mm-hmm. Like, imagine someone walking up to you and being like, that's not your kid like that. Well, yeah, we talked about that in the last episode because in our Indian Cove, which is also in Joshua Tree National Park where Laura went missing, little Laura, that happened where they found a foster child who looked so much like her that they did DNA testing to make sure that it wasn't her. Yeah. And it wasn't. But it definitely, I mean, it happens. I think a lot of times it's well-intentioned, but at the same time can be misleading. On June 20, her phone is answered by a male who said he had found the phone on June 18 on Cottonwood Road. So Cottonwood Campground is on the opposite end of the park from Jumbo Rock and Indian Cove Campground. So had she driven in via I-10 and tossed her phone on the way Uh or had someone left that way and tossed her phone as they fled? Very weird. I do find it weird that her phone is not found near her car or her campsite. It's found somewhere else. But say somebody came along her campsite or came along her car and found the phone, they may have stolen it and then tossed it out their window thinking somebody was going to track them with it. True. True. So obviously... Her family is hopeful that she's still out there and they fear that she may have had an accident, probably due to the airbag being deployed and doesn't remember who she is. I think that this is a very common thing to hope theory that families tend to latch on to. Well, because I don't think unless you know 100% sure, most people can't cope with the idea that 
they don't know and that their missing family member is actually deceased. Like most people can't deal with that. So they have this hope. We're not saying that that's not the case. We're just saying that's a pretty common. Yeah. So the family has also been working with expert Doug Billings, who is very familiar with the area. He actually, I think in, I think it was like 2014, found a missing person or the remains of a missing person like in a cave. So he was out looking for this young man and was able to actually track him down and find him. Crazy. So I know it's crazy. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of mines and caves out in this area. And we've done multiple cases. We did an entire episode on, I think like four or five people that had gone missing in Joshua Tree National Park. Yeah. Yeah, and you look at the desert or you look at pictures of this these deserts and you think, how can somebody possibly get lost there? Like you take a helicopter up and you can see them from miles away. It really isn't like that. I mean, there are still trees. There are still caves. There are still bushes. There's Crevices. a lot. Yeah, and not only that, but you can easily be covered in sand rather quickly in the desert as well. Or buried in a shallow grave and then the sand eventually blows away and you become exposed. So investigators did not believe that any foul play was involved after finding her car. Which to me indicates that maybe there's not blood in the car, there's not evidence of a struggle, things like that. But if there's no foul play, which I don't know if they still believe that, I would guess that, I mean, who knows? But where is she if it wasn't foul play? Yeah, I don't know. Also, I haven't heard anything about footage of her stopping along the way, you know, using the bathroom, getting snacks, doing whatever. Like, I haven't heard anything about them successfully tracing her route. And maybe they did and they just haven't released that information. Yeah. Because to me, it would be helpful to see, okay, she actually did go from here to here, but maybe because they know she entered the park, they're not that worried about it. I'm not sure. And then we get to August 8th. And Doug Billings is out looking for Erica. And guess what he finds? He finds a red bicycle. Who's Doug Billings? The expert. Oh, yeah, now I remember. I want to leave that in because I totally forgot who Doug Doug Billings was. So I would assume that hopefully somebody else on the planet does. And if you don't remember, Doug Billings is the expert on the terrain in the area that's helping the family search for her. So... It's interesting, on June 25, which is a week after Erica goes missing, a man named James Escalante, who's 56 and lives very close to where Erica's car was found, took off on his red bike to go help his girlfriend's friend, who was stuck in the road at 29 Palm, which Mm. is where Erica's car was found. He rode up to the intersection of Shelton and 62, where he called his girlfriend and said, I can't find your friend. His girlfriend said that she called her friend on three-way and asked her to honk her horn. She said that she could hear the horn honking and James said, I got it and hung up. No one has seen or heard from him since. And he was reported missing. But I also kind of get the impression that it wasn't unusual for him to like take off for a while. Okay, that makes sense then. He is riding his bicycle because he does not have a car. Mm. Classy. So it was James Escalante's bike that Doug had stumbled across. And it was not the only thing found nearby. So later that week on August 11, human remains are found 
The skeletal remains were found about a quarter mile south of Amboy Road and Wilson Road. So everything that happens in this case is within like an eight mile radius. Okay. So it's very close. And I'll, I'll try to do a map for this so you guys can see. But Amboy Road, Wilson Road, 29 Palms, they're all close by each other. And the human remains are from a man. Right. A cell phone nearby is believed to be James. Police do not believe that Erica and James's cases are connected. It's interesting, though, that James is the name that she gave her family and friends of one of the men that were at the campsite. Suspicious. Mm-hmm. On July 24, another body is found by a man riding an off-road motorcycle. This set of remains was discovered on Shelton Road and Highway 62 east of 29 Palm. Yep, but still within that small radius. And these remains are also believed to be male. So what in the bloody hell is going on in this area? On 12-15, so now we're getting to the end of the year, the first set of remains are confirmed to belong to James Escalante or Blackhawk as some knew him by. Okay, so on February 2nd, 2021. Holy shit, it's the 4th? Uh-huh. What? Okay, I just read this date and tripped out because I was like, Mom, that hasn't happened yet. It has. Barely, though. Barely. So, February 2nd. Which for us is two days ago. Feb- yeah, you heard me right. February 2nd, 2021. So depending on when you're listening to this, this is like a week ago. But anyway, we are recording this two days after this has happened. Mm-hmm. You caught so, this one, though. You caught this one. You I, didn't catch Diallo Pass, but you caught I this one. I barely caught this one, you guys. So it's funny because I did the research for this episode last week. Mm-hmm. And then today, the day that Maddie and I are recording, I pulled something up to verify like a street name or something and saw this article. And you're like, God, from two days ago. And I'm like, it's happening again. Which actually, when we saw the National Geographic episode, it came out two days before when we saw it. Yeah, like before we released our episode. Yeah, like it was But we had already recorded. Like the article was two days old. Yeah. So, new remains are found. This is a third set of remains in this same general area. They were found near the intersection of Dandy Road and Abroy Road in Wonder Valley. So, yeah, that's three bodies in a little clump. You guys, they're so close together when you look at this, like, on a map. And this one's really close to the road. This one's the closest to the road that they found. The route that Erica took to where her car was abandoned, this body was found. So, say you get out of the car and you walk. So, car breaks down. You get out of the car. You walk back the direction you came because you know there's a town back there. You head back in that direction. Not far back is where this body is found. Uh. which I do not like that. So yeah, these remains have not been identified. Nope, because they were just found. Yeah. So we'll give you an update when that all comes out, whenever. You might have another midweek update. (laughs) I hope you really like getting little tiny update contents that aren't real episodes, because apparently you're going to get another one whenever. We'll keep an eye out for this one. Yeah, we'll keep an eye out. If anybody hears an update on whether or not this body 
Or the last body are identified because now we have two unidentified bodies. Uh, bodies take so long to be identified too. I know. So who knows? We're going to keep, we'll just keep checking on that one every couple months. And But let us know if you see it. Yeah. Let us know. We'll eventually give you guys an update though whenever we find it. So some theories in this case. I would say there's probably maybe four theories that you could possibly come up with. Possibly come up with from this case. First one, foul play. Foul play, right? James and Christian, who are they? What did they do with her? Killed her. Also, could the James who went missing be the same James? I tend, okay, I tend to think that they're not connected, but I hate to say that because it's a huge coincidence that his body is found almost in the exact location that her car and is found. And then the other body is also a male that was discovered. Uh-huh. I do think it's weird that they have not been able to find James and Christian. Where are they? Who are they? Are they real? Are those not their names? I mean, I don't know. You do have to pay for your campsites. They're first come, first serve, but you have to like fill out a little thing. You're supposed to pay. And I've heard that they're pretty good about checking daily, which is probably how they found the vandalized car so quickly. Yeah. So foul play, I mean, it doesn't necessarily need to involve James and Christian, but could anybody have come across Erica that might have done her harm? It's plausible. Very plausible, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, Is she lost? So could she have gone out hiking from her campsite and gotten lost? Mm -hmm. Maybe not even been the person that drove her car away from the campsite. Yeah, maybe her car was vandalized, stolen. Well, because we know the car was vandalized, right? So my thought is, because there's nobody camping near where this car is. So it would be a very easy target for some teenagers to break some windows. Uh, Hondas are pretty easy to steal. They could have stolen the car. The keys could have been in the car for Christ's sake. You can just jam a screwdriver in there. Well, that's what I mean. Like, we don't even know. I'd like to know if there was damage to... I have a friend that had an Ohana cord stolen. It was stolen from underneath a light in their apartment complex. And they just jammed a screwdriver right in there to start the car. Yeah, so I'd like to know if there's any kind of damage indicating that. And even if there isn't, though, we know her campsite was abandoned. Mm. Which means her keys and her phone potentially would have been in that campsite. Yeah, who knows where her belongings were? Who knows if they were stolen? She's missing. So that's kind of my favorite theory is that either she wandered off to go hiking and got lost and will eventually be found out in the desert and somebody vandalized and stole her car, maybe her cell phone as well. They drove it off. They crashed it. They did damage. The car breaks down. They take off, right? That's a good one. Teenagers maybe, who knows? Second theory would be that for some reason, she left her campsite, left her stuff, her belongings, got in her broken-ass car and decided to drive it to where, I don't know. She went into town and then turned away from town. Yeah, I don't know. So I don't know where she would have been going to me. That makes a little less sense, but it's very, very strange. It's all very strange. And this is why this case bothers so many people, I think, is it just doesn't make sense. Did she disappear on purpose? Did Because she was obviously going through something. She was obviously having a hard time. She had weird... Kind of weird activity up towards yeah. her missing. She well, and the driving things. back and forth. Yeah, and her texting her son that she's sorry. Yeah. That's weird. I don't like that. So, like, maybe she made herself disappear on purpose, which she did a pretty damn good job if she did. Yeah, and, I mean, she was really 
dedicated to her work and she left like days before her salon would have been able to reopen because of the pandemic, right? The phase that they were in. For her to leave at this time was kind of strange all in itself because from all indications, she was excited to get back into her salon and get customers and start getting an income and things like that. So that's kind of confusing to me, her timing. But if she had met somebody online, maybe that she didn't know, maybe somebody named James and Christian, maybe she was like, oh, everything's getting ready to open back up. I'm going to be super busy. Let me take this last little weekend. Mm -hmm. But I still don't understand why she left and then went back. Like over seven hours each way. That's a long drive. That's such a long drive. I don't even know what it would take for me to make that drive. That's crazy. The other theory kind of floating around out there is the self-harm theory, that she went to that park to harm herself. She's out in the desert somewhere. She's harmed herself, and then somebody ransacked her car, took off in it. Yeah, I don't know. All of those, but... Let us know what your guys' theories are. I promise we're not trying to pick on Joshua Tree National Park. But, but apparently a where, lot of people go missing yeah, there. Where a lot of bodies are found there, you guys. Like what in the actual Three bodies heck? found in a little... In a short period of time and in a short span from each yeah, other. Yeah, so if you guys didn't catch this, this entire case is very recent. It takes place in 2020 through 2021. So like this... Very, very new. Yeah, which is why we have less information than we normally would have on a case because it's still unfolding, basically. But if you have any information about Erica, she is 5'4", 125 pounds. She has dark brown hair and blue eyes. She has two tattoos. So she has an unknown small tattoo on the inner left wrist. And then she has a circular design tattoo on her back between her shoulder blades, which we will post her missing poster, which has a picture of both of these tattoos on her. If anyone has information about her whereabouts or James and Christian, do you know somebody who went camping Whose around this time? Are James and Christian, or maybe would possibly fake their names as James and Christian. Yeah, you guys, somebody has to know who these two people are, but you can call the Walnut Creek Police Department, who's actually handling her missing persons case, which I think is interesting because she actually went missing in San Bernardino County. But the San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department, their number is 760-366-4175. You know, if you know something... Let them know. Yeah. And even if you have like a random friend whose name is James and you know that he went backpacking... In, I mean, I feel like anybody's going to have pictures of this that they post on social media, right? If you follow somebody named James or Christian who posted pictures at this campground around that time, maybe they're just witnesses. You know what I mean? Like maybe they know something. Maybe they know about an incident or somebody strange hanging around, or they know more about Erica's state of mind at the time. So contact the police if you know either of these people or who they might be and maybe scour some Instagram and see if we can find pictures from that time frame at that campground. Hmm. Be a detective. Has anybody done that? If Maybe people need to do that. I don't know. If you hear any more on this case, let us know. We'll do an update as we get more information about it because it is a very recent case. Um, but we'd love to hear your theories on it. Yep. 
We'd love to hear it. Message us about your theories. Tell us where you think she is, what think what you think happened to her. Or if you have more information, because I know there's a lot of information that the police have not released in this case. Oh, yeah. Please let us know if you have more If you're a family member or you have more information, let us know. Let us know. Just Yeah. Oh, just slide it and tell us. But follow us on social media at Lost in the Woods Podcast. Basically, that's every single one of our social media. So whatever platform you prefer. Yep. Get on there. We also have a new Patreon. I almost forgot about our Patreon. So hold on here. So we have a new Patreon, Kylie Porter. Welcome, Kylie, to our Patreon. Yep. And thank you for your support. We so appreciate you. So yeah, if you need more content, need some more things to listen to, go check out our Patreon. You won't regret it. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, you guys. This will be a little bit of a short one because, like we said, there's less information. And we did just do a three-parter. So maybe the short one will be a relief. (laughs) You're probably tired of hearing our voices. Yep. I hope not, actually. Uh, Yeah, hopefully. So, yeah, uh, we hope everybody has an amazing week. And thanks for tuning in, you guys. Yep. We'll see you next week. All right. Bye, guys. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this small little episode since our episode was so short today. This is a Phoenix interview. Welcome, Phoenix. How are you feeling today? Good. What has been your least favorite thing about the pandemic? My least favorite part is that we can't go places. Yeah, are you tired of being trapped in the house? Yes. What have you been doing to occupy yourself during this quarantine? I do a lot of painting and hiking and stuff like that. What is your favorite painting or drawing that you have made recently? Well, my favorite painting is um, the one I did today. And the f- painting that I made of my flowers. Oh, yeah. Of the flowers. What did you paint today? Um, Painting the Eiffel Tower. What else is in the painting? Ma- Maddie. I'm in the painting? Mm-hmm. Sick. Where's the Eiffel Tower at, Phoenix? In Paris. Yeah. Where's Paris? France. Where's France? I don't know. France is in Europe. Yeah. Uh, what is your favorite snack? Um, I don't know. You don't know? You don't have a favorite snack? You don't like snacking? No, I do, but I don't know what my favorite is. You don't like snack snacks. Is. No, you don't know what your favorite snack is. That means you don't like snacks. <laughs> I do like snacks, but I just don't, I don't know what my favorite snack is. Mm. Okay, all right. You eat a lot of fishy crackers. I do, but those still aren't my favorite. Oh, and if you haven't had kids in your house in a while, you should go buy some fishy crackers. I think you've been missing out because that is one thing. That is one thing that you get with kids. That is great. I do eat fishy crackers sometimes. But usually me and my sister Cody eats so much until it's gone. 
usually me and Cordy, but Co- usually Cordy like eats all. Cordy really eats a lot. <laughs> what? She loves fishies. She does eat a lot of them, yeah. What is your favorite animal, Phoenix? Well, what are my favorite animals? Or oh, cheetah. Okay. What is your favorite hike to go on? Um, the last hike I went on. Do you remember what hike it was? The lookout tower. Do you like the lookout tower because we have hot chocolate there? Or is there a different reason you like the hike? It's because I like hiking there and I like the towel. Mm-hmm. All the way up to the tower, she told the story about the bear and the deer who fell in love, and they were the king and the queen, Whoa, and they wait. had bear deer children. She really told that story all the way up? Yep. This is good. And I told the story, and I told another story about the fairies at the towel. Yep. What happened? Dad went on with me and Mom to on the hike, and... Um, my dad didn't, he didn't know about it, so dad, so I needed to tell it to dad. But mom already told, told. How did your dad do on the hike? Well, he was tired going up. <laughs> What's your favorite stuffed animal to put in your backpack during hiking? Uh, um, well, I didn't do it last. We forgot, huh? But what's your favorite... What's your favorite stuffed animal that you want to take on the next hike with us? Well, my favorite stuffed animal to bring is my pink mermaid stuffed animal. That's a good one. Yes, it is. Is there anything else you want to tell our listeners? Can I get an awa awa? Ow, ow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, say you- bye to our listeners. Bye.